Welcome all to Kingdom Life Church VA Podcast. At KO, we endeavor to advance God's kingdom one life at a time. So, I pray that wherever you're listening from, that this will help you be encouraged. Here is this week's message. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Welcome all our first-time visitors as well, those that's been viewing us and tuning in to our live broadcast. Amen. Welcome to 2021, the year of purpose. We've declared and decreed that this year will be the year of purpose at Kingdom Life Church. And so we are excited about that. Glory to God. So by now we understand and you should understand that faith, even though it comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, faith is released by what we say. Faith is released by what we say and what we say on a consistent basis. It's not what we say one time, amen, it's what we say over and over and over again. Our faith is being released. Your faith is being released by what you consistently say. So just uh, by definition, that word consistent means unchanging in nature, unchanging in nature, standard or effect over time. Again, consistent means unchanging in nature, standard or effect over time. Your faith is being released by what you say consistently over time. Faith only responds to belief. Come on, hear me this morning. Hear me this morning. Faith only responds to belief. My objective has been in this series uh, is to teach you how to confess the word of God, teach you how to speak the word of God. You know, we shared with you weeks ago that that word confess, amen, it means to say the same thing as, come from a Hebrew word, amen, it means to say the same thing as. And so my objective has been to teach you about the importance of what we're saying. Many of our actions are first a thought, then it's spoken long before it is acted upon. And so we got to know how we operate Amen. As free more agents, we got to know how we operate as believers. You know, we can read the Bible over and over and over and over again, making declarations, but nothing is going to happen until we add faith into it. Nothing's going to change until we add belief. Amen. Until what we're saying, until we add faith, until we add belief, and then we add the confession. Glory to God. Then we can see the transformation and the changes that needs to happen in our life. Faith responds belief amen if you say something in faith faith is going to hear you because faith hears your belief faith is going to respond to your belief faith is not going to respond to unbelief hallelujah have you ever prayed before or have you ever heard uh, the scripture in the bible i believe it's in matthew 9 24 where the man of god said or was the man of god but the man said uh lord help my unbelief lord help my unbelief yeah i can't hear yeah, Lord, help my unbelief. Praise God. Amen. So uh, when we read that in Matthew 9, chapter 24, let me read that real quick while, we, while we're uh, tuning in. Let me read that real quick. In Matthew chapter 9, amen, in verses, uh, let me look at verse 19 real quick. If you got your Bibles, you could turn there. Amen. Matthew, uh, um, and I'm reading out the King James Version right now. So uh, Matthew chapter 9, I mean, I'm sorry, not Matthew, Mark, Mark chapter 9, Mark chapter 9, not Matthew, Mark chapter 9, Mark chapter 9. In verse, uh, let's see, verses, verse 18. Let's go start reading the verse 18 or verse 19. So, so what happened, the disciples, uh, this is the story where the disciples couldn't heal the young boy and they brought him and then the, the, the father brought him to Jesus. So we're going to pick it up in verse 19. So Jesus is talking now. He answered him and said, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. 
Jesus said, bring the boy to me. Amen. And they brought him unto him. And when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming. And he asked his father, how long ago since this came unto him? How long has this been happening? Jesus is saying. Verse 25, verse 22 says, and oftentimes it have said it had cast them into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us as help and help us. The man is saying, if you can do anything, Jesus, have compassion, number one, and help us. But look, listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said unto him, if you can believe, Jesus flipped it on him. You know, he said, Jesus, if you have compassion, help us. Jesus said, no, if you believe, if you believe, all things are possible to him that believes. And straightway, verse 24 says, and straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Come on, you may be out there this morning and you're believing God for things and, you're, and you're, you've been praying and you've been seeking the Lord and you may think you believe, but there comes a time where you may have to pray, Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, help my unbelief. Glory to God. That's what this man prayed. And then verse 25 says, when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge you, come out of him and enter no more in him. This is what Jesus is saying. Jesus will begin to rebuke the spirit. He rebuked the deaf and the dumb spirits. And guess what? He did it back then. Deaf and dumb spirits need to still be rebuked on today in the name of Jesus hallelujah so let's go to proverbs chapter 18 this has been my foundation scripture for this text proverbs chapter 18 we're gonna look at verses uh 20 through 21 i'm reading out of the good news uh translation amen so it may read a little different than what your bible says and and we're all gonna be in the same place you will have to live the bible says you will have to live with the consequences of everything you say you will have to live with the consequences of everything you say. What you say can preserve life or destroy it. So you must accept the consequences of your word. That's powerful right there. That's powerful right there. What you say can preserve life or destroy it. So you must, you and I, we must accept the consequences of our word. We can't play the blame game, amen, when it's, when it's what we say. Words are so powerful, saints. You know, in, in the book of Proverbs 6 and 2, the Bible says we are snared by the words of our mouth. We are snared by the words of our own mouth. And I share this with throughout this series. You are living in the world that your words built. You are not here by chance or accident. You are here by design. Well, who designed my life, pastor? You did. You are living in the world that your words built, not somebody else. Because we just, I just shared with you in Proverbs 6 and 2, you're not snared by somebody else's words. You're snared by your own words. So we got to watch about, watch the words that we're speaking. Why? Because they, they either preserve life or they destroy life. Amen. First starting with my own. Amen. So, so you are living the life that your words establish. Remodel your life today by speaking God's word. Come on. Remodel your life today by speaking with us, saith the Lord. Come on. Let's move on. Second Corinthians chapter four. Uh, verses 13 man i'm telling you this is this series has flat out blessed me amen listen it says and since we have the same spirit of faith 
We are you and I, we have the same spirit, amen, that raised Jesus from the dead. The same power, rest, rule, and reign on the inside of you. Glory to God. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And since we having this same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. Because we're going to say what we believe, saints. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When you and I, when we make a decree, glory to God, the Bible says it shall be established. It shall, it's like a judgment. It's like a judgment. For example, you know, if you go to court, say for example, you go to court. And if you go to court, I went to court a whole lot of times, amen, so I understand what it's like. So when you go to court and, 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 and you're at the court and then the judge begins to pronounce judgment, or in other words, he pronounces a decree, Amen. Because you're found guilty of a crime, you cannot refuse to go to jail. Why? Because there's a decree that's been issued. The judge issued a decree that this person, based on the crime, will have to spend this, much, this amount of time in jail. And so once that decree has been issued, you no longer have any say-so in the matter. You no longer, amen, it doesn't matter what your opinion is. It doesn't matter what you thought. It doesn't matter what you was thinking, amen. The power of the court order or the power of the decree is more superior than what you think. Y'all better hear me this morning, hallelujah. It's more superior than your choice or your will. It's more superior than what's going on in your life at that time so it's the same thing when you and i begin to make a decree when we decree sickness cannot lord over our bodies glory to god sickness has no other choice no other recourse but to vacate our premises glory to god amen just like when we say we speak we decree that there be no lack in my body or there be no lack in my life and that i'll be provided for all the days of my life Guess what? When you decree it, when you speak it, glory to God, lack has no, no other recourse but to leave and vacate the premises because it's been court ordered. Glory to God. It's been ordered by the court of heaven. Amen. When you decree a thing, it shall be established. So women of God, man of God, begin to decree the word of God. They begin to speak the word of God. Say so, even when you don't feel like saying it. Glory to God. Say it anyway. Say what the book says. Say what the Bible says right in the midst of circumstances and situations because you're going to have what you say. You're going to have what you say. Glory to God. I love that. Sickness has no further say so in the matter. Come on. Sickness is not going to struggle and try to. No, 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 no. When we speak to it, it must leave. It must obey. It shall be established. John chapter 6. John chapter 6 and 63. Out of God's word translation. It says, it says, life is spiritual. Life is not natural, saints. Life is spiritual. Your physical existence doesn't contribute to that life. Your natural man doesn't contribute to that life. The words that I've spoken to you and this is Jesus. These words are in red. The words I speak to you are spirit and they are life. They are spiritual and they are life. So the words that, that we speak, amen, even the words that we are speaking, when we decree and declare the words that we speak, they are spirit and they are life. My physical existence doesn't contribute 
to that life. My physical existence, my outer man, glory to God, has no authority. My outer man may not even understand, but I'm speaking spiritual things, glory to God. And so it supersedes the natural. It supersedes the five senses, glory to God. So the words we speak are spirit and life. Every time we open our mouth, we are giving faith to our future. Come on, somebody go ahead and put that in your comments. Every time you open your mouth, you're giving faith. You're speaking faith, amen, to your future, glory to God. You're giving faith to your future. You're speaking faith to your future. Just know, amen, when you decree and declare, you're not talking about something right now. You're talking about something that's going to happen, glory to God. You're believing God for it. You're thanking him for it right now, amen, for a later manifestation. Later manifestation. You know that God is going to provide. You know that God is going to come through. You know that God is going to heal you. You know, God, that he's going to do it for you. But but know what? You're going to speak with us at the Lord because you're speaking to your future. Hallelujah. When there is delay, continue speaking the word of God. When there is delay, continue speaking the word of God and thanking God for every promise, for every provision. Don't you dare let your circumstance speak louder than the word of God. Sometimes you got to wear down your issue. Amen. Sometimes you got, to, you got to wear the devil out. Amen. Sometimes you got to wear your circumstances out. Amen. You got to continue to decree and declare the word even though you're tired, even though you're broken, even though you're hurt, even though you don't feel like doing it. You got to do it anyway. I remember the young lady in the Bible. She, was a, she, was a, she went before an unjust judge. Amen. And, and she kept, kept worrying that judge and worrying him about that situation because he wasn't doing something that was right. And she kept bothering him and bothering him. And that judge said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and bless her just to get her away from me. I'm going to go ahead and bless her. Come on now. You got to wear down your circumstance. You got to tie out the opposition. Don't you dare get weak or don't you dare faint. Amen. When, when, when the Bible says that you should be speaking faith and speaking life, you need to say what the Bible says. Glory to God. The Bible says we're not going to faint in the day of adversity. Said your strength is all if you faint in the day of adversity. No, 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 babies. No, our, our, our faith is strong. We're not going to fight. I mean, we're not going to faint, amen, on that day. We're going to stand strong and keep speaking the word of God. She wore that judge down. She wore that judge down until he gave in and blessed her. <laughs> he blessed her anyway. Sometimes we, we get discouraged when we knock on the door and somebody don't answer. Come on, you don't call somebody one time and you're getting discouraged. No, if you got to knock on 10 doors, 12 doors, you got to put in 50 applications, it doesn't matter. You don't stop until you receive the breakthrough. You don't stop until you receive the blessing. Amen. I remember Jacob wrestled with an angel. Amen. He said, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. I'm not letting up until you bless me. I'm not letting up off of these declarations and I'm not letting off of these confessions, amen, until I see the results. I'm looking for something. I'm not just out here saying something. I will not stop until I see results. Glory to God. That's how you got to be, saints. That's how you got to be in this hour. All right, listen, I'm, a, I'm just going to shift real quick because I wanted to show you this in this series about James and, and you know, an importance of what we're saying out of our mouths in the book of James chapter 3. Book of James chapter 3, I'm going to start reading at verse 1. Book of James chapter 3, I'm going to start reading at verse 1. Listen to it. This is what it says. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, do not be so eager to become a teacher in the church, since you know that we who teach are held to a higher standard of judgment. We all fail in many areas. Come on, listen to this part right here. But especially with our words. 
Come on, there are many areas that we fail in, but the Bible is saying, James is saying, but especially with our words. Yet, if we're able to bridle the words, we say we are powerful enough to control ourselves in every way. And that means our character is mature and fully developed. Verse 3 says, horses have bits and bridles in their mouths so that they so that we can control and guide their large body. And the same with mighty ships, though they are massive and driven by fierce winds, yet they are steered by a tiny rudder and the direction of the person at the helm. Listen to me real closely. It doesn't take big things. It doesn't take big things to cause big changes in your life. It can, you can use small things, glory to God, that will make big impact. These light switches on the wall right here, it's so small, but it, but it turns on the light. It, it causes major impact. So stop focusing on doing something big. You can do something small that will cause a big reaction. Oh, man, I hope you got that. I hope you caught that this morning. Come on, let's keep reading verse 5. And so the tongue. Come on, we're talking about the mouth, say so. And so the tongue is a small part of the body. Yes, it carries great power. You're powerful, man. Your mouth is power. The power is in your mouth. It carries great power. Just think of how, how small flame can set a huge forest ablaze. And the tongue is a fire. It can be compared to the sum total of wickedness and is the most dangerous part of our human body. It corrupts the entire body and is a hellish flame. It releases a fire that can burn throughout the course of human existence. You know why? You're living in the world that your words built. Your words go ahead of you. Your words don't just stay right here. When you speak words, they go up in the atmosphere. When you speak words, amen, they go, they, they, they can travel. They can go to other places. So, so, so it releases a fire that can burn throughout the course of human existence. Oh man, well, I know I ain't got time to do all this, but the Amalekites, remember the Amalekites? The Amalekites or the Amalekites, however you want to say it, they attacked the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. And the Bible says, he told Moses, God told Moses, I want you to write this in the book. Them boys tried to ambush y'all when y'all first came out of Egypt. I want you to make a note of that and pass it along generation and generation because we're going to destroy the Amalekites from off the face of the earth. God didn't let up. Their words followed them throughout history until their words eventually caught up with them and God used their very words and their ver very things they did to destroy them. Words are powerful, saints. Verse 7 says, For every wild animal on earth, including birds, creeping reptiles, and creatures of the sea and land, have all been overpowered and tamed by humans. But the tongue is not able to be tamed. It's a fickle, unrestrained evil that spews out words full of toxic poison. We use our tongue to praise God our Father and then turn around and curse a person who, has, who was made in his very image. Verse 10, out of the same mouth, we pour out words of praise one minute and curses the next. My brothers and sisters, this should never be. 
Come on. That's why we encourage people to get filled with the Holy Ghost, to be filled with the Spirit of God. Because we know, amen, when you get filled with the Spirit of God and your prayer life begins to be elevated, you get to take authority over this mouth. Holy Spirit, no man, the Bible says in James, in the King James Version, no man can tame the tongue. But the Spirit can tame that tongue, man. I'm telling you, the Spirit can tame that tongue. And so we have to take authority over this. But he says, my brothers and sisters, this should never be. Verse 11 says, would you for olives hanging on a tree or go to, go to pick figs from a grapevine? Is it possible that fresh and bitter water can flow out of the same spring? So neither can a bitter spring produce fresh water. Saints, we cannot agree with hell in this season. Let me get, thank you. We cannot agree with hell in this season. We're going to agree with heaven. We cannot agree with hell in this season. Let me say it again. We cannot agree with hell in this season. We cannot agree with hell in this season. We must agree with heaven. We must agree with heaven. Let me say it again. We cannot agree with hell in this season. We cannot agree with hell in this season. We must agree with heaven. Glory to God. Things may appear to be over, but it's not over until God says so. This isn't a war with flesh and blood. No need to respond to arguments in the flesh. Our battle is in the spirit realm and our authority is in our mouth via the word of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's keep going. Let's look at Matthew chapter eight. I, I, I pray that you're getting something out of this. Amen. Listen, I just want to stir you up this morning. Amen. To keep speaking with us, saith the Lord, to keep saying what the Bible says out of your mouth. Put a guard over your mouth. Amen. Let somebody else. Come on. Come on. Commission a friend of yours. Amen. To check your mouth. Glory to God. To check your flesh. Have some accountability with your lips. Amen. Don't you just say any old thing on Facebook and then tell people not to correct you. Don't, you know, don't come for me. Well, don't you put it on there. How about that? I know y'all ain't like that part right there. How about not saying it? Because folk gonna check you. Yeah, yeah. Keep it to yourself if you don't want to be checked. You're gonna put it out there in public. Folks should check you publicly. But I know you don't like that part because then your flesh gonna rise up and then you, you will justify. But let me move on. Let me go and move on. Matthew chapter 8, Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. When he entered the village of Capernaum, a captain in a royal army approached him asking for a miracle. Lord, he said, <laughs> I have a son who is lying in, in my home paralyzed and suffering terribly. Verse 6 says, glory to God. It, it says, I'm sorry, verse 7. Sorry about that. Verse 7 says, um, Jesus responded, I will go with you and heal him. Listen to that. But the Roman officer interjected, Lord, who am I to have you come into my house? I understand your authority for I too am a man who walks under authority and have authority over soldiers who serve under me. I can tell one to go and he'll go and another to come and he'll come. Wow. I order my servants and they'll do whatever I ask. So I know that all you need to do is to stand here. Come on now. All you need to do is stand here and say so. All you need to do is stand here and say a word. All you need to do is stand here and decree and declare. I ain't got to go in front of you to speak the word. I ain't got to go to, to 
to face my circumstance and or go man to man. No, 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 no. I don't got to face you face to face. I can stand where I am right here in my home, glory to God, and speak the word to masses. I can pray for you in Massachusetts. Amen. I can speak words of comfort to you in England and China. Glory to God. I don't have to visit the place where my words are going. I can send my word ahead of me like Jesus did and cause the manifestation of healing. When you understand authority, and you understand the authority that you have as a believer, things are going to change in your life. Pains are going to change in your life. Again, he says, I order my servants and they do whatever I ask. So I know, so I know, glory to God. So I know that all you need to do is to stand here and command healing over my son. I'm not asking for healing. I'm commanding it. When you decree a thing, healing has no recourse but to back up out of your life. Come on now. We are tolerating sickness in our bodies when we need to decree and declare. We are tolerating lack. We are tolerating things that we should be dominating in because we're not saying anything. We got to speak to these circumstances, speak to these situations, say what the Lord said about it. Amen. Glory to God. I'm telling you, I'm flat out excited. I'm getting my own self excited this morning. Praise God. So I know that all I need to do is stand here and command a word. Your prayer saints and confessions are not limited by your locality or your jurisdiction. Jesus said this in verse 10. Jesus was astonished when he heard this and said to those who are following him, he has greater faith. He has greater faith than anyone, anyone, Jesus, than anyone I've encountered in Israel. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. And I want y'all to listen and read because the scripture's on the screen. Listen to what I'm about to tell you right now. Multitude of non-Jewish people talking about Gentiles or unsaved folk, people that don't have a covenant with God. Multitudes of non-Jewish people, multitudes of unsaved people, multitudes of those who don't know the Lord will stream in from the east and the west to enter into the church. The banqueting feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the heavenly kingdom. Many folk are going to come into the kingdom of God. Many unsaved people, amen, that didn't know the Lord, who, who were the unchurched, who didn't walk with God. They're going to come into the heavenly kingdom. But many Israelites born to be heirs of the kingdom will be turned away and banished into the darkness where there will be bitter weeping and unbearable anguish. Hold on, Lord. Hold on, Lord. You mean to tell me that people that don't have a covenant with you are going to come in and sit in the seat? Amen. That those who had a covenant with you should have been sitting in. And you are saying that there's going to be a switch where the people that has a covenant are going to be banished and put out of the kingdom of God. And those who don't know you, the non-Jewish people, the Gentiles. The ungodly, the unchurched, those who wasn't raised in the church, those who don't have a covenant, those who don't know you, you're going to bring them in? Did you just say that? Verse 13 says, then Jesus turned to the Roman officer and said and told him, go home. All that you believe for will be done for you. And his son was healed at that very moment. 
I want to talk to you who are viewing this morning. Do not take the word of God that you're hearing for granted. Do not take the word of God that you are hearing for granted. You did not call yourself into the kingdom. You didn't call yourself into the kingdom. It was the Lord that called you in. It was Jesus that called you in. He called you into the kingdom. It was him that tapped you on your shoulder one day and said, have you had enough? How long are you going to run from me? How long are you going to do life your way? How long are you going to do things the same old, same old? Jesus is tapping you on your shoulder right now. And he's calling you into the kingdom of God. He is pulling you into the kingdom of God. Don't you dare take the word of God that you're hearing for granted. The world should be so jealous for you. So jealous about you. That they ask, who are you connected to? Who are you connected to, man of God? Women of God, who are you serving? Can you introduce me to the God that you're serving? People should want to know you're Jesus. They should want to know your Savior. Based on your life, we are the living epistles. We are the ones that people should be watching and looking at. You know, in the last days, the Bible says in Luke 21 and 15 says, For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. The earth cannot withstand your words, saints. The, the earth cannot withstand your words, man of God. All of creation is listening when you speak faith-filled words. Jesus spoke to sicknesses that you couldn't see. He spoke to deaf and dumb and blind spirits that you could not see. He spoke to the winds and the waves, things, amen, that, that, that you didn't think they had ears. All of creation, everything that God has birthed in the earth can hear. Everything has ears. Everything can hear. And so as a believer, we can speak to those obstacles. We can speak to those things, amen, that, that appear to be blocking our path. Glory to God. You're the most powerful person on the planet, believer. Don't you ever let nobody tell you something different than that. Jesus checked Thomas on it. He checked Thomas. He said, Thomas, you required that you see the holes in my hand, the nails in my hand, the holes, the piercing in my side. You, you required that, Thomas, but greater is going to be. There's going to come a time where there are going to be some people that are going to believe me for my word. They're going to believe me without seeing. Greater is it. Greater is it for that, for others, than greater is it going to be for the people that believe God without seeing that those that require sight. Praise God. Listen, I got about 17 minutes left, y'all. 17 minutes. 17 minutes. Come on, just hold on. 17 more minutes, we're going to be done. That's it. That's all. 17 more minutes. Praise God. Amen. Come on, bear with me this morning. Bear with me this morning. Come on. All of creation is listening when you speak faith-filled words. Jesus was walking with his disciples one day, and he was hungry, and he saw a fig tree from a distance. He saw it from a distance, and as he was looking at it from a distance, he believed that Jesus was hungry, by the way, too. He was hungry, so from a distance, he saw this fig tree. From a distance, he saw the fig tree, and he, and he was hungry. And the disciples saw it. It appeared to have fruit on it until he got closer. This parable is found in Luke chapter 13, verses 6 through 9. I'm not going to read it today, but listen, listen, listen. I just want to give you the context of that. Because it wasn't producing fruit at the appointed time, Jesus cursed it. Jesus rebuked or cursed a tree. 
He cursed a fig tree. He spoke to a fig tree and the disciples heard him. He didn't whisper to the fig tree. He didn't whisper. He spoke to the fig tree and the fig tree heard what he was saying. What? You mean to tell me the fig tree had ears? Everything that God created has ears. All of creation has ears. Everything that God has created have ears. How could he speak to the waves? How could he speak to the wind? How could he speak to the fig tree? How could he speak to the unseen spirits? Unclean spirits. Everything has ears. Glory to God. Jesus cursed it and the disciples heard him. When you speak the word of God, saints, speak boldly. Come on, speak boldly. Also, speak loudly. Come on, don't whisper. No, speak loud. Be bold when you speak the word of God. Don't you be timid when you speak in the word of God. Speak boldly and speak loud just like this, just like Jesus did. Bible said the disciples heard him. Come on, don't be afraid to say what God said. Don't be afraid to say what God said. When Jesus cursed the fig tree, you know, all this was symbolic because of um, what was happening in the, in, the, in the nation of Israel. Jesus, this was Jesus' way of saying that the whole nation had become spiritually barren before the Lord. The whole nation had become spiritually barren before the Lord, meaning they wasn't producing fruit. The people who should be producing fruit are not producing fruit. So when he cursed that fig tree, it was symbolic because it wasn't producing fruit at a time it should have been. So Jesus is looking at our lives as believers, those of you and I who've been in the kingdom of God, where we should be producing fruit, we're not producing fruit. He cursed that fig tree. He cursed it because it wasn't doing what it was created to do. Some people of God, they have a form of religion, but not the reality. They knew the right words to say, but their hearts were far from God. A lot of times, people know the right things to say, but their hearts are far from God. Isaiah said this, Isaiah 29, 13. The Lord said, these people claim to worship me. I'm almost done. These people claim to worship me, but their words are meaningless and their hearts are are somewhere else. Man. These people worship me. They're worshiping him. They're worshiping the Lord. They're praising the Lord. They're worshiping him with their words. And the Bible says in Isaiah that the words are meaningless. They're meaningless because their hearts is somewhere else. You looking like you're focused on God and you're worshiping God with your lips and with your hands and even in your posture, but your heart, your heart is somewhere else. Listen to what the rest of it says. It says their religion is nothing but human rules and traditions, which they have simply memorized. God wants your heart, saints. When faith and belief come together, Supernatural things happen. When, when faith is in your head, when belief is in your head and not your heart, you can't cause things to happen according to the Bible. You memorize a lot of, you memorize worship, you memorize praise, you memorize how to say the right words. Amen. You know when to say the right thing, you know, you know in Christendom. 
It's memorized. But when it's in the heart, something changes. Things happen. Supernatural things happen when it's in the heart. Jesus quoted, Isaiah, Jesus quoted Isaiah in Matthew chapter 15 and verse 8 when he says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Jesus said like this, well did, well did Isaiah prophesy about y'all. Say you honor me with your lips. You're making the direct, the declarations. You're, you're saying the confessions. You're saying the right things, but your heart is not in it. I want to help you saints. I'm closing out today. Say so. You got to get your heart involved in your confession. You got to get your heart involved in your declaration. You may have the faith and faith is proven by what you're doing. You're saying it, but until you believe it in your heart, it's not going to cause the change or the transformation to happen in your life. Hold on with me, saints. I got about 11 minutes. Got about 11 minutes left. Almost done. Almost done. I need to do this in service all the time. I need to end on time. Amen. All this, you know, like I'm going to do today. I'm almost done. James chapter 1 and verse 8 says this. It says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You can't be double-minded saying something that you don't believe. You're not going to get the results. You don't believe you're not going to get the results. If, if you don't believe that Jesus died and rose again, you can't be saved. It's just, it's nowhere around it. You can believe in your head, but that's not going to cause change in your life. You got to believe in your heart. This, that's when you're going to get the declaration. Wow. Because your loyalty is divided, your loyalty is divided, your breakthroughs and your harvest can become stagnant. Your inability to believe is hindering God's ordained will in your life. So much the Lord wants to do. We get in our own way sometimes. We get in our own way sometimes. And so what I want to do with this series, man, I tell you, I enjoyed this series. You got to go back. I, I gave you so much today. So much you can meditate on. So much, so many scriptures you can go back and, and read for context. And so you'll be able to really wrap your head around what I'm saying. Because you got to get this in your heart. Last scripture, Mark 11. Mark 11, uh, verses 22 through 24. This is the amplified version. It reads like this. Jesus replied, have faith in God. Constantly. Verse 23 says, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, whoever says to this mountain, say so. There's a mountain in your life, say something about it. Whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and listen, and does not doubt in his heart. It's really not your blood pumper. It's in your spirit. It's not talking about your blood pumper heart. Let me get that straight. Not talking about your heart. I'm, I touch my heart as a, as a place of contact. But, but it's, it's not talking about your heart. It's talking about your spirit. Does not believe in his spirit. Does not doubt in his spirit. Not, see, many of us, you know, even if you doubt in your head, if you don't doubt in your spirit, you're going to be all right. Glory to God. So it says, and does not doubt in his heart, in God's unlimited power, but what? Believes. Every time we see faith, somewhere down the road, belief is, is somewhere nearby. Faith and belief hang out together. Faith and belief love spending time with one another. They're not distant. 
Whenever you see faith, belief should be somewhere nearby. Because when they come together, when faith and belief come together, change happens. Something supernatural happens. It says, says um, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart and God's unlimited power, but believes that when he's, what he says is going to take place, it will be done for him in accordance to God's will. Verse 24 says, for this reason, I am telling you, whatever things you ask for in prayer, in accordance with God's will, believe with confident trust that you have received them and they will be given to you. Let me read this one more time. This is the principle that's in God's word. This is a principle, saints, that if you operate by this principle, God is going to reward you according to your belief. It's not, not in your head, in your heart, in your spirit. And that doesn't happen overnight. That belief doesn't happen overnight. So again, for this reason, I'm telling you, whatever things you ask for in prayer, in accordance with God's will. See, it has to be in accordance with God's will. You, if you ask for something outside of God's will, that might be the reason why it's a delay. That may be the reason why it's taking so long. Because first of all, you need to know what the will of God is. His will is his word. If it lines up with his word, you can ask for it. So you're asking for it in prayer, believing. And then it says, believe with confident trust. That's a type of belief that you know that God is going to do it. And then it says, believe with confident trust that you will have received them and they will be given to you. I'm going to stop right there. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. 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 Listen. If the Holy Spirit has convicted or inspired you to join or reach out to us through today's message, then email us at kingdomlifechurchva at gmail.com. If you would like to give towards this ministry or find out more, check out our website, which is kingdomlifeva.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at kingdomlifeva. Thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe so you can hear more messages like this.